1: Inside sources. Inside
0: sources. Inside sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Post Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. The ongoing financial problems of the U.S. Postal Service are nothing new. This has been going on for a lot of years now. But taxpayers could be spending billions billions of dollars to help the once self-financing system to cover cost. So what's happening? And what are the best ways to actually solve the post office's problems and dilemmas? And to help us figure all that out, Eric Boehm is a reporter with Reason Magazine. Uh, Eric, welcome back to the program.
1: Glad to be here, Boyd. Thanks for having me again.
0: Uh, so let's let's break this down just a little bit. Uh, for those who maybe haven't been following this as closely as others, the the Postal Service has been in in a real struggle for a long time. Give us a, a snapshot of where is it actually, and what is it going to take to dig out.
1: Yeah, it's not the most exciting topic, so I'll forgive your listeners if they're not paying attention to, uh, you know, the annual financial reports (laughs) of the U.S. Postal Service. Uh, You probably just think about the Postal Service, you know, maybe when you go to your mailbox or something, but a lot of people don't even use uh, mail anymore, right, because we have email and and, uh, we get packages from Amazon or something. But you don't think about first-class mail a whole lot, Uh, and it's really been that decline in first-class mail that's driven a lot of the Postal Service's uh, problems over the last decade or so. Just to put some numbers on this, the the Postal Service has lost over 78 billion dollars, or 78 billion dollars in the red since 2007. That's just you know not even a decade and a half, or I guess exactly a decade and a half ago. Uh, The Government Accountability Office has put out a couple of reports, the most recent of which termed the uh, Postal Service's financial uh, their their business model unsustainable. Uh, And uh, so this is, as you said, a problem that's been sort of building for a while. The latest uh, sort of solution in Congress is uh, an attempt to deal with some of this red ink by moving retired postal workers' health care obligations out of the postal services books and uh, just over into, into Medicare, which is, of course, the program uh, that pays for most uh, senior citizens and, and older Americans' uh, health care. And uh, so this is a shift that's going to relieve some of that long-term financial burden. The post office won't have to pay for their own retiree's health care in the long run, but that's something they've always done in the past. And now uh, those workers, those uh, retirees will now just be shifted over onto the uh, the public program instead.
0: Yeah, so as you look at all of that uh, money and and obviously moving those things around uh, is an interesting component to all of that. Of course, a lot of the liberals will argue that uh, that some of this is is self-inflicted stuff. that Congress forced the Postal service to prefund some of those health care benefits. Yep. Um, but there's a lot of other dots I think that need to be connected and a lot of red ink that seems to be flowing around what else uh, are the significant issues there at the postal service?
1: yeah, so the one argument that you do hear sometimes, and there's some truth to this. You hear this from from Democrats and liberals, especially is that Congress has sort of created these problems for the Postal service by layering all sorts of mandates on the Postal service, including the mandate to prefund uh, its uh, retiree health care obligations and uh, and to retire and to prefund its its pension obligations as well. Um I think there's like I said a, a, the, some of that is true, and some of that is not. Congress has been a major impediment and and Congress, both Democrats and Republicans in Congress have been a major impediment to the Postal Service making the sorts of changes that it would have to make to avoid losing money. Uh, you know, any attempt that the postal service, any time the postal service has come to Congress and said, uh, "Look, if we can cut back some service here, if we can maybe limit deliveries, so we're not delivering every day, if we can close some post offices, you know, that'll help make ends meet," these are the types of decisions that any business that's losing money would, of course, have to make. Uh, but because the Postal Service has to go through the political process, it's very difficult to make those reforms, because if you're a member of Congress, you know, you it's, it's not going to be my district where you're closing post offices, right? And then you just repeat that over and over again. Every member of Congress says, well, it's not going to be my district. And uh, so that's why none of these changes ever get made. Uh, the, the other analogy, I think, is a little bit off base, because, you know, this is there. It, it's not true that uh, as as Rep. Alexandria Casio Cortez has said that uh, that this sort of obligation to prefund pensions and health care is really completely uh, unheard of in the private sector. That's that's not true at all. Private pension systems always prefund future benefits. Uh, it's a, it's basically a, a thing that any business that has a, a pension plan or a retirement plan for its employees. Does yeah. uh, in the private sector, so it's not. This is not sort of a, an unfair obligation that's put on the postal service. It's just an obligation that the postal service has failed to meet, yeah. um, and now they've got a real problem on their hands.
0: Yeah, no question. And and uh, one of the things that has been interesting uh, that I think is also worth just going down this path of of just the postal service not either being strategic enough in terms of looking at the changing market and the changing needs of what was going on and, and anticipating as any business would. Uh, future shifts in market or opportunities or costs. Uh, and it seems to me that uh, the check from Congress, you know, funding uh, year after year after year sort of gets you into that comfort zone of, well, we're always going to need stamps and we're always going to need seven-day, you know, or at least six-day delivery. Uh, and how much of that is that part of it, that uh, it doesn't run like a business? So, of course, it's not running like a business and it ends up costing a lot more and being a lot less efficient.
1: Yeah, I think the key is that, it's, uh, that it has a monopoly, right? The Postal Service has a government-imposed and government-maintained monopoly on first-class mail service, on, on letters. And, uh, and that's really been the thing that I think has, has impeded the Postal Service's ability to, to operate like a business, which it really is. I mean, it has to compete with other providers in other spaces, right, for delivering packages, uh, especially. And that's now such a huge part of, of the mail industry in, in the United States. Whether we're talking about the Postal Service or UPS or FedEx, it's about – uh, delivering boxes more and more because first-class mail just isn't so much a thing. Uh, but the postal service had that monopoly for so long, and I think, like any business that enjoys uh, a government-protected monopoly, that really does it sort of like limits your uh, willingness to do new things and to try new things because you just sort of assume, well, you know, we're protected from uh, from you know competition, and we're always, as you said, you know, people are always going to need stamps. Well, it turns <laughs> out that uh, you know the the market shifts, the market changes over time. And uh, those sorts of monopolies just don't work out. You see this over and over again throughout uh, the history of, of industry and government. And uh, and I think that's that's really the root cause of the postal service's problems. Um, you know, the solution that like we as libertarians and reason would love to see would be to see the postal service privatized. Oh, something yeah. we've talked about for a long time. Obviously, uh, let it compete. Let, you know, free it from. We were just talking a minute ago about how whatever they try to make changes, productive changes, the yeah. right sorts of changes. Congress says, oh no, no, you can't do that. For explicitly political reasons. And so just, you know, set the Postal Service free from that sort of nonsense and uh, and let it run like the business that it is. I
0: I like that. And uh, as uh, I'm one of those old schoolers that I actually still believe in handwritten notes and uh, I regularly buy stamps. So (laughs) if they can privatize it and make it fly, uh, I'm I'm all in. Uh, Eric Bay, reporter with Reason Magazine. Great uh, insight. And again, this is just one more area where you have to look at what is government propping up? Uh, Is it letting people compete in the right place? Is it picking winners and losers? Uh, And the Postal Service is uh, one with a, a big price tag, a lot of red ink, and a lot of explaining to do in terms of how they get that thing fixed. Eric, thanks for joining us today.
1: I'll add you to my uh, Christmas card list for next year, boy. You're off. So all in. Me. All in. <laughs> Thank you, sir. <laughs> all right. Cheers.
0: We're going to step aside for a quick commercial break. When we come back, the Olympics is usually full of inspiring stories, as always. Uh, but it's a display of good sportsmanship coming out of Beijing that we all could learn from a little thing called restraint and respect. How did we learn that at the Olympic Games? Find out. Stay with us on KSL News Radio.